Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Skyline Chili, we got a lot of basketball to talk about. A couple of football notes we'll wrap with in, uh, in the middle. I'll expose John Calipari as a liar, and then Kyle will try to pump him back up in, in the minds of many. Um, but let's start, Kyle. Kenny Payne, you didn't get to attend the press conference today because you were working on something. Um, Kenny Payne spoke to the media in, in place of John Calipari today, and per usual, he was super interesting, and I thought the kind of the most poignant moment was when he talked about the overrating a chant that Calipari stopped that I don't think we mentioned on the last podcast too much. And basically, today he said that Calipari respects Tennessee, he respects Rick Barnes, and that the way Kenny Payne put it, we're Kentucky, we don't need to do that. I mean, that, that overrated chant's been a hot topic of conversation. That did surprise me, that, that last part about, you know, they're Kentucky, like, it's kind of like court storming. Like, why? Like, I, how often can you remember a Kentucky crowd chanting overrated? I mean, rarely are they playing a home game against somebody that's significantly, you know, ranked significantly higher than them anyway. But, um, and, and again, like, it, it was mostly the student, the upper deck student section, as I, my ears indicated. Am I right about that? Yeah, I know. Uh, it was definitely the student side there. So, um, I didn't uh, know what, you know, level. and Cal. Cal pretty quickly turned around and was forcefully waving his hands and screaming for them to stop, and they stopped. Uh, I mean, he shut it down pretty fast. It did not spread through the whole arena. Um, and, you know, and all of those points are valid. Like, first of all, like, why, why would you do that as Kentucky? You know, you're not storming the court. You're, there's no reason to yell overrated. You know, you're playing number five versus number one, and it's a home game, <laughs> first of all. Uh, but also, like John Hale and some others have pointed out, our friend John at the Career Journal, he tweeted as it happened, like the, it's the dumbest chant in sports because you're demeaning your own accomplishment. Like we just beat number one, but they weren't really that good anyway. Like, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, would you like to send that message to the uh, NCAA tournament committee, or do you? Would you like people to think that was a good win? So that's kind of silly, but also like I would guess the main reason that Cal reacted that way is Rick Barnes is one of his best friends in coaching. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do that. Yeah. And the uh, other thing is, is like, you know, Calipari loves to brag on the fan base. I mean, how many times has he told the story correct. about, uh, UK fans applauding the Texas A&M player after he dropped 40 and beat Kentucky in Rupp. And, and so this is kind of like the antithesis of that. And I think he wants to have Kentucky fans to live up to the standard that he, they've set for themselves and he brags about all the time. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I don't think he ever even bothers addressing some of the lunatic fringe things that mm -hmm. happen on the Internet. You know, I mean, the, the the referee stuff and, you know, some of the idiots that tweet at recruits and, you know, some of that stuff. That's lunatic fringe stuff, but you can't really ignore the a large number of people mm -hmm. chanting a dumb thing in an arena like that. That is a that is a much worse representation of your fan base, especially because like on TV. All people know is there's 25,000 people in your building and they can audibly hear a bunch of them chanting something. 
you know, they don't know how many people it is. And so that, that really is sort of like a broad brush, uh, painting of your fan base, what happens there in the arena. And so, yeah, that, that, that is one place where the coach can have some control, uh, over how, how the fan base behaves. And I thought that was probably the, the right move from Cal. A couple other things that Kenny Payne said that I found really interesting was he was talking about the big guys, and you and I have talked about this. I think you had a question for Calipari about this at some point. You know, EJ, and it seems like, it, and I'll let you answer and see if you agree, Kyle. EJ Montgomery is now the third best big man on the team, right? Like, he's he's better than Nick Richards at this very moment. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, and so, like, that, that, that we've talked about getting EJ more minutes, and you need to kind of steal some from Reed in theory. And so we've kind of, Calipari's kind of made it seem like basically it's just PJ for EJ. Well, uh, you know, I asked uh, Kenny Payne about that today, and basically he made it sound like it doesn't matter which two bigs are on the floor, which I hadn't seen that this year too often. And, you know, with the exception of Reed Travis and Nick Richards being on the court at the same time, which would cause maybe some offensive issues. I don't know why there isn't more EJ and PJ right now. Yeah, I, I guess the biggest reason is like what we saw against Tennessee, where Reed Travis has been well, such a such an anchor for them. Well, the, hold on. Um, That's my, I mean, like, this is the, the point is not that he's going to take a bunch of Reed's minutes. I'm saying, and I guess this is like not a huge bone of contention, it's a few minutes a game, but maybe he should be taking the minutes that Nick is getting when Reed comes out. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm with you there. Uh, I, I guess probably more the – to that point then, I guess probably more the issue is not so much that EJ and PJ can't play well together. It's that do you want Nick and Reed together as the other option. I just want EJ on the court as much as possible. Yeah. In this scenario, yeah. I'd still give EJ PJ's uh, backup minutes. I mean, I guess the problem is like essentially what we're asking here is that they diminish Nick Richards' role, and I don't think they're going to. I'm not saying they shouldn't because I, I think, as you said, EJ's playing better than Nick right now. Um, but it's just, I mean, Calipari seems really yeah. stubbornly for a second straight season committed to giving Nick Richards chances to break through because he desperately wants him to, and seems to think that that is a huge key sort of X factor to their title hopes. I think you could make a strong argument. And I kind of think you are that EJ is an even bigger X factor, potential X factor. And right now looks like is closer to chasing down his potential than Nick Richards is. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess when I, I'm, I'm with you, I just, I'm not sure that this staff is going to do that. Uh, you know, not going to take away any of Nick Richards minutes. So maybe we'll be wrong. I mean, at some point it gets so, it gets too hard to ignore. And if EJ yeah. keeps it up, you know, the play eventually shines through. If he's going to give them, you know, five to seven rebounds and, four to six points and a block or two every time he's on the floor for more than 10 minutes, I don't know how you don't play him. Yeah. Um, because, because Nick is not giving them any of that other stuff. I mean, like his, the best thing he gives you is uh, on a great night. He has five blocks in 10 minutes and has one or two rebounds, usually not any or a couple points. 
and a whole bunch of fouls and sometimes a couple turnovers. Like I, you know, I don't think it's arguable that EJ of the thir- of the the number three options uh, in the post is is the is the guy right now. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I guess my, my kind of to your your point about it is probably they're never going to give up on Nick, and I understand the reasons behind that. <laughs> Um, but from my standpoint, I, I was kind of like thinking that maybe the reason that these minutes are being distributed the way they were is because they didn't feel comfortable with EJ and PJ on the court at the same time for whatever reason. And um, EJ said in an interview last week that, you know, they don't practice much, him and, him and PJ together. And so I, I, was, I was trying to, maybe I was just like putting my own thoughts into that and that wasn't what it was at all. So, I mean, it makes, it makes sense, but we'll see going forward. Uh, coming up next, uh, Kenny Payne disagrees with John Calipari on something, and um, Reed Travis basically calls John Calipari a liar. But before we get to that, I do want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. You know, we did uh, the 100th episode there. We recorded live at the at Skyline Chili. It's just an awesome place. You know, you go in, you sit down, you feel like you're at home. They bring you the crackers. I showed Kyle how to properly eat the crackers. You put a little hot sauce on them and make a Delicious little appetizer. Normally when I go in, I just roll with the three cheese conies about there so, depending on how hungry I am. Every once in a while, I'll mix it up and um, have a have a three-way and maybe a four-way, throw some onions on there. I do like my conies with the onions and mustard. That's just the way I like it. They always treat you right at Skyline. Um, if you're going down to sit in for a quick lunch, going through the drive through to bring some conies back to the family, it's just a great spot. So go check out. Your local skyline. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Kenny Payne said today, Kyle, that winning the SEC, he thinks it would mean a lot. John Calipari has always disagreed when he's asked about winning the SEC. Do you think... Kenny Payne and John Calipari are having an argument as we are recording this on Monday night. <laughs> Cal's like, you're supposed to tell the media it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, we all know Cal's full of crap with that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and he's like every other coach. He'll say things don't matter, and then when he gets one of those things, he'll talk about how, you know, how many of those things he has. They don't matter, but I've won. we've won the league six out of the last seven years. What do you want from us? It all depends on the context, right? Like if you were like ripping how far they've gone in the NCAA tournament, he'd be like, we've won 28 games in the conference championship five out of the last six years. I'd say we're successful. But in the moment, he'll tell you how unimportant it is. It's important. It's not the end goal. And I mean, Tyler Hero, you know, made that clear too the other night when somebody was asking sort of about the jockeying, you know, obviously they don't, control their own fate because they don't play LSU again. And LSU's, you know, got Tennessee coming to town. If they beat Tennessee this weekend, they're in a great spot to win the league. And instead of Kentucky and Tennessee that everybody's been talking about, LSU could steal the league. And and Mm -hmm. Tyler Hero was talking, was asked about that. And he basically said, like, I don't care. Like that doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't matter because uh, the quote was uh, important games are played in March. And I think that's the right attitude to have. But, you know, and, like, because you might not win the league, if you say, like, that's all that matters, then what do you do when you don't win it? (laughs) Um, 
because that's not the end of the season. And it's not the end of the season when the conference tournament happens either. Kentucky's won that four times in a row. A pretty impressive run. Um, and has only been to the Final Four one of those times, right? So, you know, but but I, I would say, like, league, you know, the regular season title in particular, it does say something because it says that over the course of the season, you know, you've been that dominant team. And I think Kenny Payne's point, I was reading the transcript of it, his point was, like, they, they need to know yeah. that in their minds, you know, and, and prove that they're the best team. Um not just not just in their minds, but for everyone to see. I, mean, I, I think basically as a confidence thing going into the postseason, yep. um, and maybe you know from his perspective, after the way the way the season started, and to some people reset expectations for the season, having a tangible reward for the for the comeback, for how dramatically they've turned the season around, may be very valuable for this specific team. Yeah, I, I agree, and uh, you know. I- we're talking about all these Kenny Payne comments. If you want to check out his full press conference, it's on my timeline on Twitter at Curtis Birch. Also, it's posted on BigBlueInsider.com. Um, the other kind of interesting note, we got to talk to Ashton Haggins and Reed Travis as well today. And I'll read the quotes because I looked them up. Uh, John Calipari, after the South Carolina game, said of Reed Travis, that kid's exhausted in there. We've got it on an IV. After the Tennessee game... He said of Travis, he's on an IV again after this game. Well, today, Reed Travis um, was asked a couple times, because uh, I consulted with our buddy Derek Terry of the Catsballs about this afterwards, because I think we've explained it a couple times. The way these pre-game, pre-game interviews work is one player's over here, one player's over there, and basically the media kind of switch. So sometimes the players get asked questions twice. Um, but Reed Travis was asked by both groups about these IVs. And... Honestly, like, you can, I got the video, the video's online, I'll retweet it from the show account. Like, I think Reed Travis might have been a little perturbed that his uh, stamina and his, how in shape he was, was kind of put in a question that he would need a need an IV, because he said he took an IV after neither game, and that basically all he needs after a game is a Gatorade and a cold bath, and an, and an ice bath. So, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this uh, is... Is I mean I hope I hope you're titling this podcast John Calipari lies, um, writing that down we, right now because we've got him again we've got him nailed again, uh, just not true, and uh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to uh, to uh, out our friend Derek Terry on this. Uh, we had this funny text exchange with him today where he was like. Cal did ask. Cal did say that Reed Travis was hooked up to an IV, right? Uh, and we all, our little group, we were, uh, answered in the affirmative. And he was asking that because he apparently, I think, before you did earlier yes. in the proceedings today, went and asked Reed about this IV. And apparently, Reed Travis looked at him like he had three heads uh, and made him feel really stupid for asking about it. But I don't blame Derek because I think, like I, I, you know. Calipari said it two different times about this IV as if it were a fact. Like, he's back there in the locker room on an IV. And that happens. I mean, in football, you hear about it all the time. In basketball sometimes, too, a guy gets really dehydrated and needs a bag of fluid. I mean, it wasn't like some outlandish thing. Like, uh, Reed Travis is back there uh, being stretched out by a sumo wrestler. He had such a hard game. I mean, it was like a normal thing. Yeah, I mean, this this is a thing. And... (laughs) 
yeah, we'll we'll just continue to to call out Derek Terry since since we're <laughs> buddies with him and he's already been kind of uh, the the back curtain of this where we sometimes check with each other on these things. He said, "I think it's just a figure of speech." That's what Travis told Derek. Uh, and then he laughed about it. And I want to say this. Uh, one, go read Derek's write-up because he actually did a kind of a good job kind of piecing this all together because he used a, a piece of the a part that I just shared here about Gatorade and Ice Bath. Um, but uh, who, like I, like I said, Reed Travis, super smart guy, Stanford, all those things we all know. I have never heard the figure of speech hooked up to an IV. Like that's Is that a figure of speech that I just don't know about? No, no, it's not a figure of speech. I, I think... Uh, you know, I think the better way word for that is an exaggeration <laughs> from Cal. Like he's trying to communicate to us that Reed Travis exerted all of his energy. And instead of just saying like he's back there chugging Gatorade and in the ice bath, he describes it as hooked up to an IV. Or Reed Travis really took a bag of IV fluid and didn't want to look like he was a weakling who needed IV fluid after playing a basketball well, game. I mean, I could that, see... I mean, we could also accuse Reed Travis of being a liar. Mm. We need, like, we need to get dig into some sources. Lie detectors. To, yeah, something. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, to your point, maybe there's a middle ground here. I'm all about, you know, finding compromises and everybody being happy. What if Reed Travis just had that IV fluid and just ripped it open and then just chugged it? Like, you know, that would be something As that I could... it was Gatorade. Yeah, like, uh, you know, you could definitely... If anybody on the team is going to, like, rip a bag of... IV fluid open and then down it, it would be Reed Travis, right? I think that's right. I think he is, uh, I think he is, uh, the closest thing to a Hulk that they've ever had under Calipari. I mean, that, like, uh, Rex Chapman has multiple times tweeted out, and then someone else, I'm sure the photo originated somewhere else, I think Photo Day or something, but of Reed Travis, like, in a full flex, like in a practice session, and he just doesn't look like any dude they've ever had under Cal or like hardly ever had period. Um, he looked like a bodybuilder, you know, they just haven't had a a bunch of guys look like that. And I was going to, I was trying to remember if we had mentioned this on this podcast or what, because we do so many things together. I think we mentioned this together on Tom Leach's radio show this morning, Monday morning, as we're recruiting, recording this on Monday night. Um, so I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I can't keep track. But if we have, it's worth repeating. Reed Travis is like the guy they recruited specifically to beat Tennessee. Yeah. Like he's like the perfect, you know, physical uh, specimen to match up with Tennessee. Like he's a brick wall who can, you know, slam into Grant Williams and company over and over again and wear them out, make them work for their shots, uh, bully them for rebounds, bully them on both ends. And, you know, it one wears them down and kind of demoralizes them. And two, by putting in that specific game, by putting Reed Travis on Grant Williams, it really freed up PJ Washington and Cal Perry mentioned it to kind of go be free and do his thing on, uh, on offense with a little more energy. I mean, you know, tough, tough luck trying to defend that dude after you've gotten worn out on the other end by PJ, by uh, Reed Travis. Without a doubt. And if you missed us, we are, Kyle and I do Tom Leach's, well, Kyle does the whole show. I do a portion of Tom Leach's show um, Monday morning. You can check out the podcast or listen live um, out of Lexington. It's on 630 WLAP, just like the shows that I produce are on. And coming up next, a couple of football nuggets, and I guess we'll go ahead and pick who's going to win Kentucky versus Missouri. There was a departure from UK football, 
And someone signed a little bit of a promotion. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I don't know about you, but I mean, the, the EJ Price leaving the Kentucky football program too, as it was put by a UK spokeswoman on Reven on the Cats Balls right now. Uh, Price has withdrawn from the university to pursue other opportunities. Uh, there was the reports about him not coming back in the second half of the bowl game, Kyle. Uh, I don't know. You kind of hate to say that you saw this coming, but this this just seems like something that was going to happen considering all the things that Price had gone through on social media. Um, you know, last summer, I guess he left the team very briefly and then was back on the team. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was ripping the staff last yeah. year. Then he had this bizarre thing right before a basketball game a few weeks ago where he was tweeting out about the police being, uh, you know, in his house and it was some kind of, you know, police harassment and, you know, keep track of this in case they kill me and all this really sort of disturbing stuff, which he later deleted, um, you know, and there seems to be a lot going on there. And when he was at USC before he transferred at Southern Cal, there was the accusation that he gotten a physical altercation with one of the coaches, I think the head coach, uh, yes. which everybody denied. But I mean, at this point, like there's obviously some stuff going on there that, you know, for, to me, you just hope that the kid, yes, you know, gets himself together just as a person. Uh, forget the football and, and uh, in terms of the locker room for Kentucky, it feels like maybe this was a good thing to get that situation out of there. And I'm, I hate to turn this page so quickly, but from a like on-field standpoint, with the returning Landon Young at one tackle spot and the two young guys, Watkins and Kennard, they showed. They were completely capable of playing one of the tackle spots. Uh, Depth-wise, obviously, this is a hit. And Price started 11 games, uh, so obviously he was a value component of the team. Um, but I feel like they will be able to kind of take this because they have built up pretty decent depth on the offensive line. The other football note is, uh, according to reports, Vince Marrow has been promoted to associate head coach under Mark Stoops. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Marrow, I think, eventually will be a head coach one day. And, you know, this is, seems to be a route that some people take where you're not necessarily a coordinator, but you get a, a spot like this and get a little bit more of the CEO duties. I guess he'll be able to do, you know, some of the stuff that Stoops does, probably not like on the field coaching that a head coach does, but maybe some of the off the field stuff that, that a head coach has to deal with. And um, um, makes sense to me, Kyle. Keep Marrow around as long as you can. Uh, yeah, I'd give him any title he wants, uh, other than actual head coach. Um, and if push came to shove, I might at least consider <laughs> making him like co-head coach. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been the lifeblood for them in terms. I mean, like every coach will tell you that that's you know the guts of their program is recruiting. You can yeah. you can scheme people all you want, but you better have some players. And he has been responsible for more of the high end players than anybody on that staff. And you know they're they're dead without the the Ohio connection, um, and that's that has just been huge for them. So you know Benny Snell, we can go down the line. Mike Edwards, uh, yeah. Um, when since so you, real quick, since you mentioned Mike Edwards, that just popped in my head. Uh, there was a report, I think it was also by Catsballs, uh, that he's going to miss the combine because of a broken thumb, I believe. So that's obviously kind of a big blow for him, but you don't want to go out there hurt because then you might end up hurting your stock. 
uh, than if you just kind of don't show up at all, or maybe he'll be able to do interviews. We'll figure out more about that as as time goes by. Uh, we'll wrap with basketball um, first. At the end of this podcast, stay tuned like you normally do for the kind of quote-unquote outtakes that I normally drop at the end of it because Kyle had an outtake today during the SEC teleconference. (laughs) I I, I tweeted it out, and uh, uh, basically he was called on for a question and wasn't there, so I'll let you hear that at the very end of this podcast. But Kyle, uh, explain why you missed your call um, and what it was for and so people will have an idea what's coming on The Athletic soon. Yeah, John Calipari was calling me. <laughs> so he had uh, agreed to talk to me for a story uh, at, right after the – well, I didn't know it was right after. my. What I was told was after the SEC teleconference. Um, and so he did his appearance, and right after him was Rick Barnes, and I was going to ask Rick Barnes a question for the same story I'm working on because they're friends. Um, and, like, before – like, I pushed star one to get – you know, my question in the queue. And, and then as soon as I did that, John Calipari called me. Uh, and you know, that was like the one person I could, I had to hang up for. Um, I felt bad. I knew they were, I knew they were going to call and, and, uh, I didn't know it was going to end up as funny as it did, but, uh, call on me after I clicked off, but, uh, working on a story, the, the gist of it is, and, and I'm hoping I, it's already been filed tonight. I worked all day on it. Um, I'm hoping it'll be posted by Tuesday morning when everybody is mostly listening to this podcast. But the gist of it is uh, we're doing a rivalry week series at the Athletic. And, you know, Kentucky's not in a rivalry week. Louisville's already happened. Tennessee just finished, and they don't play again for another couple weeks. Um, So I took a different angle to rivalry with Calipari, and that that when he was young, he had a rivalry with everybody just about. He picked fights, or at least that was the perception that he was picking fights with everybody. And the most famous one, obviously, is uh, John Cheney, uh, who threatened to kill him in a press conference. And sort of Cal's evolution, because you know that was when he was an underdog, and now he is at the top of the heap. And he doesn't do that the same way. In fact, with other coaches, he lifts them up and praises them and uh, tries to prop up the rest of the league and all those kind of things. Um, and so it's just a look at like how do people change and and you know how was he then and why and how is he now um, and I I think it's kind of cool it's really long it's like thirty five hundred words and I talked to a bunch of people uh, some more stuff from the day, the time I spent with Ellen Calipari made its way into that story because she <laughs> knows him as well as anybody I did talk to John Cheney as well as John Calipari um, well here's a good time for that, me to uh, to meet a humble brag since we're talking all the all the stuff. And this is hearkening back to when you and I were on Tom Leach Monday morning. We talked during one of the commercial breaks that uh, Cal talked to Cheney on his birthday. And he did it right outside where I'm stationed on the control board. Uh, and it was just funny to hear that interaction. And the, the most comical part was at one point <laughs> he asked, he goes, Ch- Coach Cheney. And he's like going on and he goes, did you see I tweeted about you this morning? And what? How old is John Cheney now? 90, 90 what? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. So eighty-seven-year-old John Cheney. I can just. I wish I had the other part of that conversation. I don't know if it was, uh, what is Twitter, Cal, or uh, <laughs> yeah, I only I, I only Snapchat, man, or like what? <laughs> I don't know. That was just I like such the, ridiculous. Yeah, I love the idea that Cal's like, "Did you see my tweet about you?" <laughs> yes, I'm sure. He, I'm sure that he saw the tweet about you. Goodness gracious. Uh, awesome. So, 
All right, yeah, check that out. And on the next edition of the show, we'll probably uh, bounce around a little bit more inside that article, talk about that. And uh, we'll recap Kentucky's game against Missouri. Kyle, what's the pick for that game? Uh, Kentucky wins. Moving on. <laughs> I kind of agree. Um, uh, there, surprisingly, there were no really questions about trap games today at the media availability. Um, but this is, if you're laying out a trap game, road game, 9 yeah. p.m. tip, it is. But Kentucky is just, I think, better than Missouri. And Missouri yeah. isn't, you know, has had a lot I, of struggles. I sort of feel like they're beyond. Yeah, I agree. Losing one like this, you know what I mean? Like maybe a couple months ago, uh, and I get like like the whole point of the trap game is you kind of don't see it coming, and it's like you know if 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 <laughs> this would be a trap. I mean, if they fell into it, it would qualify as having been a trap game. And and you know, Quanzo Martin's a good coach, and Cal Perry mentioned he was asked today on that call teleconference, you know. What worries you about him? He said, he, you know, all of Kwanzo's teams play really aggressive defensively, and the big one is they shoot 25, 33s a game, you know, as, as he'll always say, and it is true. If, what if they hit 10 or 12 or 15? Um, and they might. Yep. And uh, the other fun part of John Calipari's teleconference appearance is that he was obviously in the car during it because for about half of it, you could hear his blinker going. I don't know where in Lexington he was, uh, but that blinker was clicking for a while, and it made a major appearance on the SEC teleconference today. So uh, be on the lookout for the next edition of the show. And until then, be sure to be following along with us on Twitter. Uh, the show's handle is at LockedOnUK. You can find me. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. It's where you can find those interviews with Reed Travis, Ashen Higgins, and Kenny Payne. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Shout out to this awesome review we got from Rob um, on iTunes. He said, Kyle and Curtis are really good together, and their podcasts are always one of my must-listens, particularly the day after a game. They've also been by my side, or rather in my ear, as I run. Great way to pass the time during training or an actual race, half marathon or marathon. Man, you'll need a lot of these just being a half an hour unless you're really fast. Um, do yourself a favor and subscribe. Really appreciate that. He said, P.S., the show has an absolute best version of the U.K. fight song. I will throw Rocky-esque punches along uh, with the beat as I run. People look at me as if I'm nuts, which as a proud member of the BBN is pretty much the truth. Yep, John Calipari says, y'all are crazy, and you're crazy as well, Rob. Uh, but we really appreciate you guys listening. Please leave a comment like Rob did, um, and then review, and most importantly, share uh, with someone else who would enjoy. Thanks to Skyline for sponsoring this, you know, this edition of the show. We will talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Okay, next up is Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Kyle, are you there? Good question. I like these questions. These are good ones. Okay. Moving on.